Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. I don't know about y'all, but I've submitted long enough to bondage and slavery that freedom is a joy. Freedom is a... And so that, that's why we collectively come together, a bunch of free people, those of you who have trusted in Jesus, free people so that we can come and celebrate our freedom uh, together. It's good to be here, good to be gathered with God's people. Psalm 115 says, not unto us, not unto us, to, but unto you get the glory. We come to give God glory, give God praise, and certainly could have stayed home today or, or could have come to see your best friend. But if you if you made it here, you're, you're here to give God glory and uh, in the presence of your brothers and sisters. So it's good to be here. Uh, I'm really eager to preach the word. So if you guys can do me a favor and get to Joshua 6. Shout out to the worship team. Thank you all for leading us today. Amen. Uh, as you turn there, I, I got up pretty early this morning and spent some time praying over our time together. I just believe that this is um, certainly a word that I think should impact all of us in this room. Uh, but before I get to the word, while you're turning there, just want to make a quick note about our prayer and Bible study this Wednesday. If you have nothing to do or if you do have something to do, that's cool too. cancel it. Come here on Wednesday. I'm really hoping uh, to uh, to see everybody. I would love this room to look similar to this on Wednesday to where we are all on our knees praying and, uh, and, and calling out to the Lord. It's something, you know, there's not many spaces you can go in New York to just simply stop, be still and pray. And so when you come in, I, I really pray that there's an atmosphere of prayer in this room. But not only that, we are also going to be coupling it with fasting this week. So on Wednesday specifically, we're fasting from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we're asking you guys, those of you who can, uh, if, if you've never fasted before, it's cool. It's not a long day. Just skip breakfast, skip lunch. And uh, it's not just about the spiritual discipline of not eating, but it's also uh, about turning off our phones and turning off your social media. I don't know how y'all are, but if I'm on a fast, I got to delete the app because if, if the app's there, it just, it's like, I feel like Pookie from New Jack City, it just be like calling me. And, and so I, I got to delete the app. And so I don't know what you got to do, but if you don't have to be on social media for work or browsing the web for work, uh, we're asking that you would just like shut it down uh, because I believe that we are missing God's voice because we're so distracted. God's voice just becomes one of the many voices in our lives. And social media is certainly a voice that's always calling uh, you to, towards something else in your attention. So I am hopeful that this week we'll all get together. We'll all uh, corporately come together. If you're hungry, if your flesh is calling out for something, call somebody else and be like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, too. Let's pray. And that, that's how we'll get through this thing together. So please uh, be here Wednesday if you can. Six o'clock, we'll have food here. So if you can come here at six, you can come straight from work and we'll have some food here. And then uh, seven o'clock, we'll shut the food down so that we can pray. And then we'll pray for half an hour and then we'll have Bible study at 730. Is that cool? Uh, Eric and Felicia are here, newlyweds. And their family is here as well. Can every, all the family from Eric and Felicia, can y'all stand up so we can celebrate them? All the family stand up. Amen. Man, you may be seated. It is, 
it, we had a good time yesterday on the roof and enjoying uh, seeing God bring this union together. My wife and I had the privilege of being able to walk with them in a season of counseling. And man, it's one of the best, for me, it's one of the best parts of being a pastor is when you get amazing people that you can just uh, spend time with and get to know and then meet their beautiful families and watch the families come together for this special day. So uh, we celebrate you guys. We thank you guys for, for coming. All right, Deuteronomy, I mean, uh, Joshua 6. Wow, the Lord's calling me to Deuteronomy. All right, pick me up in verse 1, if you will. Joshua 6, verse 1 says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do it six days. Verse four, seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. On the seventh day, you will march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up. Everyone straight before him. Do me a favor. Jump to verse 20 real quick. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. And the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. I simply want to preach today from the topic entitled Destroying Walls, Destroying Walls. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, we sit before you like Samuel, where Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And all of us in this room, oh God, we need to hear from you. We don't need another book. We don't need any self-help therapeutic sermons. We don't need sermons full of my opinions. Father, we need the nutrients that are found in your word. So, Father, would you speak to us today? Would you pastor us today? Would you minister to our situations today? One of the things, Lord, I love about your word is that one word can hit 20 of us in this room in 20 different ways. And so, Father, as your word goes out today, I pray that it would accomplish exactly what it was set to do, to transform lives and point our eyes to Christ. It's in Jesus' name we give glory. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Destroying walls. Uh, One of my favorite public figures is a guy by the name Colin Powell. Anybody ever heard of Colin Powell before? He's really popular in the 90s, really popular in the early 2000s. Colin Powell was, um, if you don't know who he is, Colin Powell was a four-star general in the army, and he was also a politician. Uh, but not only that, he, he also is an author. I don't know if you've ever read any of Colin Powell's book, but one of my favorite books that he wrote is a book called The Art of Command. And in The Art of Command, he talks about uh, the importance of leadership specifically during the time of war. And in this book, he talks about the leadership of Dwight Eisenhower. He talks about the leadership of George Washington, and he talks about his own leadership. And even when he talks about his leadership during uh, the, the war with Saudi Arabia, when, when he talked about his leadership, he talked about the weaknesses and the strengths of his own leadership. So it's, a, it's an amazing book. And in the book, he really lays out how 
In war, you don't need fickle leadership. You need steady leadership. You don't need a leader that's frantic, that doesn't know what the next move, but you need a leader that is just steady. In the book, he talks about collecting intel on your enemies. In the book, he talks about the past wars of the United States, and he talks about some of our failures and our weaknesses, and he also talks about some of our strengths. Colin Powell is as close as you get to an expert on leadership during war. But I I would beg to differ. I I think that Colin Powell really isn't a leader when it comes to war. I think God is the best strategist when it comes to war. And I I would go on record to say I don't think Colin Powell would agree with the strategy that God uses in the text to overtake a city like Jericho. I'm sure he would have drawn up some different plans, but no, God has a very unique way of how he's going to conquer the city. And it's typically opposite of the way that we would have conquered it. And that's that's typical with God. Whenever God accomplishes something or sets out to do strategy or sets out to do plans, it's normally not how we would do it. And we normally go ahead of God and be like, God, you don't know what you're doing. But God is like, listen, I'm the greatest strategist in the world. Colin Powell couldn't have wrote that book if he didn't know anything about my strategy. Like God is the greatest when it comes to leadership at war. And so we're we have a passage before us where a man named Joshua is the leader and he's about to lead Israel into Jericho. Now, I named this sermon Destroying Walls because the reality is I don't want you to just look at the wall of Jericho that is destroyed in Joshua 6. But I want you to replace the wall of Jericho with your own personal wall. In other words, what is it that you know that God has promised some some things that you know God has said? This is where I want you. These are my desires. But there's walls in front of you. There's there's obstructions in front of you. There's things, there's hindrances, there's obstacles in front of you. And you you want to get to the next area. You want to get to what God has promised you, but you can't because you're facing something that's enormous in front of you. Whatever that is, get it on your mind. I don't know. maybe, Maybe it's a job that you believe that it's God's will for you to have. But you look at the walls and the hindrances, you look around you and you see other people are more qualified than you. And that seems to be a wall. God can destroy that wall. Maybe it's health. Maybe you're wrestling with your health and you've been praying about your health that God can destroy that wall. I don't know if he will. I can't promise he will, but he can destroy that wall. I don't know what it is. Epiphany Church, let me be honest. I've applied this to our wrestle with trying to get a larger space. We've been going for three services for a while now. I've been praying. You guys have been giving. We've been doing the capital campaign like, Lord, we need another space. But I look around and there's nothing but obstacles. There's nothing but hindrances. But I got joy this week because I got to Joshua six and God says I can destroy that in two seconds. I can I can break down that barrier in two seconds. And so context purposes in our passage, if you'll bear with me for a second. Israel has been wandering the wilderness for the last 40 years. In fact, they were they were in bondage in Egypt and God delivered them out in Exodus. I think it's Exodus 12 where God leads them out of Egypt and he takes them across the Red Sea. If you've seen Prince of Egypt, you know the story. He takes them across the Red Sea and they get across the Red Sea and they do nothing but complain and complain and complain. And God is nothing but good and good and good. And he gives them manna to eat. It's a flaky like substance. Every morning they would go out and there would be manna on the floor. There would be on the ground. There would be dew on the ground for them to eat. The Bible says that they could 
collected for six days. And on the seventh day, they, they couldn't do anything but rest because they were supposed to collect double on the sixth. God was gracious to them. He was kind to them. They were thirsty. He has Moses strike a rock and water comes out the rock. Like this is how good God has been to Israel. And one of the things God promised Israel was land. He promised them that there would be a place that they could dwell in, a place that they could call home, a place that they could consecrate to the Lord. But for 40 years, they wandered. And what I love is Joshua 6. We finally get to it and we're skipping a lot. But when we get to Joshua 6, finally, they're ready. Finally, they are ready to enter into the promised land. But before they get into the promised land, there's an obstacle. And the obstacle is called Jericho. Why don't you look at the text with me? Because I do believe that there are some things that God is going to work over in our hearts as it relates to your own personal wall. Look at verse one. Now, Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, please underline this. I have given you Jericho into your hands with its king and the mighty men of valor. What is most interesting is God has just told them to go into Jericho and you're going to overtake Jericho. He tells them to get there. But here's what's interesting. You've never seen Israel in a battle yet. These are former slaves. They have not fought a battle yet. And yet you want us to go and fight against a massive army like Jericho. And by the way, there's a wall around it. And you want us like we don't know anything about Israel. We don't know about their weapons at this point. You don't know if they nice with their hands. You don't know if they got mighty warriors. We don't know anything about Israel. But here's what we know. God said, go. He said, go to a powerful nation like Jericho, but you're not going alone. See, this wall is not a, you can't penetrate this wall by yourself. You cannot overcome this wall by itself. You cannot overcome this army by itself. But what you need is God to go with you and watch the assurance in verse two, because verse two, he said, I've given you Jericho. Wait a minute. They haven't even fought yet. They haven't thrown any blows yet. They haven't swung a sword yet. But God said in verse two, I've already given it to you. Listen to me, that 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 obstacle that you are facing in front of you, if God's desire and it's God's will, it's already yours. It might not look like it's yours, but if God said it's yours, then the wall is nothing. The, The army is nothing. And to be clear, your resume ain't good enough. To, to, be, to be very clear, you don't have enough money in the bank. To be clear, she is more qualified than you. <laughs> to, 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 be, to be clear, like it's, it's, very, it's very apparent that you cannot do it without God, but with God. See, this is why I rejoiced earlier this week. Because I rejoiced earlier this week because Monday and Tuesday, I'm sitting there looking at a wall. But by the time I got to Wednesday, I was like the boy that was at the at the hotel where he said, it's above me now. Like this thing, this thing is out of my hands. Like I, I ain't got to work. I ain't got to fight. The, somebody look at your name and just say, it's above me now. Oh, y'all ain't do it right. You got to do the hands. Just be like, it's, a, it's above me now. Like you don't have to, you don't have to think about, you don't need blueprints on how to tear the wall down. You, you, don't, you don't need strategy on how to get around the wall. God is like, now here's the strategy. I, I, I flick my divine finger. I snap my divine finger and the wall comes down. That, that's how it works. And man, I was so encouraged by this this week because if I can be honest with you guys, 
I was discouraged on Monday. Ed called me and, you know, Ed is our project manager over this space. And Ed called me and gave me some really bad news about a space that we were, one of the spaces we were inquiring. He gave me bad news that the, the deal fell apart is off the table. And I'm like, God, like, why, God? Like, why, why would you not, why would you not give this? Why would you not do this for us? We've been trying to be faithfully. And God is like, listen, listen, I know it seems like it's impossible, but it's not. I'm, I'm still on your side. I'm, I'm still with you. I know Jericho's wall seems impossible. But for me, it's a, what's impossible for you is a piece of cake for God. Like he ain't got to work. He is not in heaven going, spirit, how do we tear this wall down? Jesus, grab, grab the blueprints. Yo, they built up and penetrate. He's like, no, I can tear this down in seconds. This can be rubble in seconds. I can destroy this army in seconds. And so God says to them, go up to a powerful nation like Jericho. They get there, they're faced with the wall. And you got to understand something about this wall. This wall ain't a, this ain't no small wall. This ain't a fence. This is, this is not, this is a powerful, powerful nation. And what baffled me earlier when I read this, why in the world would God say in verse two that I've given you the, I've given you Jericho but he asked them to participate in the victory. Why in the world? Like I thought verse three would have said, God says, sit back, watch me destroy your enemies. He doesn't. He says, get your walking shoes. Like, why would God do that? Why would God not just destroy it? And many of you see, you thought that all you had to do was pray about it. Sit back and watch God. But no, you got to pray about it. Go down and apply for the job. See, we get lazy. We want to give God all the work. And God is like, no, get the walking shoes out. Like you, you got some work to do. You're going to participate in this victory. No, it's not because of your skill. No, it's not because of your ability to network. It is because of me. But I'm going to use the networking. I'm going to use the resume. And that's what we've done. We, we've given up. The bank denied you and you gave up and you gave it to God. No, go back. Go back down and say, I know you denied me, but it's above me now. I got new management. It's above me now. You got to deal with him. And he, and he can shake this thing all up. And so he tells them, you're going to actually participate in this thing. You're not going to simply pray, watch, sit back and watch me do it. No, you actually need to go get the loan. Therefore, you need to build out a business plan. Do your part. I'll do mine. You do your part. And let me not just say business plan. A well thought out business plan free of misspellings. See, because we get lazy. God, I'm going to just throw anything together. And God is like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you can't do that. Listen, I've seen enough business plans with misspellings. I'm like, I ain't giving you a dime. You can't. You, can, you don't even had somebody check this. Your, your graphics is from the 90s. Like put work in because God is like participate. You want that wall to come down. I can tear it down, but you got to do something too. go. Get the walking shoes. Participate in this victory. And so what did they do? Verse three says that God says you shall march around the city. You shall march around the city. All the men of war around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets, uh, seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpet. This is so interesting to me because Israel finally, they, they get to the wall and they realize how massive this wall is. They're, they get there and they're met with the impossibility of trying to get through that wall. 
You got to understand something about this wall in Israel. It was so huge and massive and so well built that if you go to Israel right now, if you go right now, some of the wall still remains up. Why does the wall still remain up? Because they knew how to build some stuff back then. They, they knew how to make it a fortress that you could not get in. And we don't know. See, you've never seen in the scriptures up to this point, you've never seen Jericho overtaken. Why? Because they knew what they were doing. They, they knew how to build a wall. They knew it was impossible. So Israel would have gotten to the wall, a 41 foot wall to climb that wall. See, they didn't have planes. They didn't have helicopters. They didn't have drones to drop down bombs. They didn't have an Israeli SWAT team to come in and kill everybody. The whole army would have had to get up 41 foot of wall. But understand at the top of the wall, the army, Jericho's army would have been at the top of the wall. Can I teach Bible here? Even if they made it up the wall, fought the army on top of the wall, they still had to get down 41 feet with an army without getting injured. Oh, but it's it's more impossible because once they get over the wall, Jericho City sat on top of the hill. So they would have had to journey up the hill, making themselves vulnerable. Their enemy has the highest ground. This war is impossible. And they get there and God says, I need you to see how impossible it is. So start walking. Like, see, why does God tell them to walk if they know the wall is going to come down? I just believe that God has them walking so that they can see every angle of the impossibility. They can walk around. I can see them. See, I thought when I first read this, y'all are spiritual. So maybe y'all knew this already. But I thought they only walked seven times. But if you read the text, it says the first six days they walk once. Then on the seventh day, they walk how many times? They walk seven. I'm not a mathematician, but I do know six plus seven is 13. 13 times God said, just walk. Just keep walking. And while you're walking, I, I imagine them looking at on a crack on Monday on the wall being like, that's how we're going to get through. And then Tuesday they come back and God be like, nah, 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 you can't get through that way. And they be like, dad. Okay, Wednesday they go through. Here's another weak spot in the wall. And then Thursday they come back and like, we can't get there anyway. Every day they're met with impossibilities. See, that's what it is. See, that's how I feel about this real estate world. Trying to get commercials for every, every meeting. I'm like, God, this is impossible. And I think God is like, yes, go to the next one because I want to show you again how impossible it is. And I don't know what your wall is, but it might be impossible. And God got you walking because he wants you to see that you can't do it without him. He wants you to see that it's impossible. And so he says, keep walking. I don't care if you're tired. Like I can imagine on day six, they like, oh, God, like, Lord, like, really? God's like, keep walking. Has anybody ever been there where God delayed it? And he just said, keep walking. Like, I can't destroy it yet because if I destroy it now, you might think it was your genius. And so I got to leave the wall up, have you walk around it and see you can't get in it without me. He says, keep walking. But you know what messed me up on Wednesday? See, this is when I got to shake it off on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I realized I don't think that God simply wanted them to see how impossible it was. I think God wanted the impossibility to see them as well. You do know that the, the, the army is on top of the wall. And if they're on top of the wall, I can see them murmuring going Monday going, these fools is out here walking. They can't get in here. I can see Tuesday going, yo, they back again. 
I can see Wednesday going, yo, my G, Thin Fools is back again. They keep walking. Don't they know how impossible this is? And this helped me this week because I realized this is why I'm not upset that we haven't got the space yet because I realized God doesn't just want me to see. He wants the lawyers to know it's impossible. He wants the bankers to know it's impossible. He, he wants the, the people at the DOB to know it's impossible so that when he tears the wall down, not just you are rejoicing, but the people that also knew it was impossible look back and say, how did that happen? You can say, it's above me now. You ain't got to talk much. It's above me now. That's all you have to say because the impossibility has to see you. And you're aggravated. It's day three and you're aggravated. God is like, just keep walking. See, if you don't persevere in the walk right now, you kill the opportunity for God to get the glory. Because if you stop right now, the wall stays up. But if the people that see you walking, if the people that see you grinding, they see you getting the nose, they see the doors closing. When they see the door open, they say, can't nobody do that but a God. Can't nobody do that. And so keep walking. That's, that's the deepest thing I got. Keep walking. Don't stop. I know you're tired. I know you're ready to give up, but you'll get your second win. Just keep walking. So he said, listen, this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk around this wall. And, and, you know, he doesn't just tell them to walk. He tells them how to do it. He says, show up. See, that's what I love. Every day, show up. This is why I said, go back to the, to the people who denied you. Show up again. I know you didn't get the job. Go to the boss office and be like, I know you denied me, but you made a mistake. Check it again. <laughs> every day. Just keep, keep on trucking. Why? Because God wants you to show up every day. But when you show up the first day, six days, he wants you to show up and shut up. Okay. Look at the text with me. Verse five. It says, and when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then... All of the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat. So he says, this is what's going to happen. You're going to walk for six days and you're not going to say anything. How do I know that? that? Because the seventh day was the only day they were allowed to make noise. He probably told them to shut up the first six days because he knows how they murmur. He, he know, he's seen them wander the wilderness. He's like, y'all keep complaining about going back to Egypt. At one point, they was like, we missed the milk and onions. Milk and onions don't even go together. But they're like, we missed the milk and onions from Egypt. And why is Moses leading us out here? Moses is gone too long. Why your face so shiny, Moses? He, they go through all of this complaining. I'm tired. They even complained about the manna. Like at one point, they were like, we need meat. And God gave them so much, it was coming out of their nose. He's like, listen, I'm tired of hearing y'all complain, so this is what we're going to do. Y'all not just going to walk. Y'all going to walk, and y'all going to do it quietly. He said, just walk. And see, that nothing shows your spiritual immaturity and natural immaturity like somebody that talked too much. Somebody that just blabs their mouth and keep talking. You keep complaining. Listen, God wants you to participate, but he wants you to do it silently. You, you don't have to talk. You ain't got to explain why you walking. You ain't got to explain the season you in. You ain't got to tell the lawyer, oh, this is what's going on. No, just walk and do it quietly. But there comes a time when you do got to make some noise. Verse five says, you're going to make noise, but you're going to do it not just on the seventh day, the seventh time around. And the noise you make has to come from your mouth 
and instruments. I don't know about y'all. I come from a Pentecostal background. That sounds like a praise break to me. Verse number 20 says, so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people went to a praise break. I mean, they shouted with a great shout. The wall fell down so flat. So the people went into the city, every man straight, and they captured the city. There came a point that they had to make noise, but don't miss it. They did not shout after the wall fell. They shouted while the wall was still up. The wall still standing and God is like, make some noise. Get the instruments out. And what I love about this shout is it's not just the Levites. It is not just the priests. But everybody was supposed to shout, including Israel's army. Men of war. I can see them going, yo, my G upstairs. Listen, you don't know. That ain't what I do. I don't be shouting out here like that. I'm a warrior. So what I need is give me a spear, give me a, a sword, and let me go to work. God is like, nah, I've seen your work. You was running across the Red Sea scared. So... Sing, don't shout. That's why I just want you to sing unto me, make praises, make melody, make noise unto me. And some of you, that's your disposition. You're like, I'm calm and collective. I don't come to Epiphany for all that. If I want to shout and make some noise, I'll go down the street to the charismatic church. But here's what I love about the charismatic church they know praise ain't quiet. They know you got at some point when you think about how good God has been to you, it moves from meditation to coming out of your mouth. And this is why, this is why I've been praying for our Wednesday nights, especially this coming Wednesday night. I want the room to look like this, but I don't want it to sound like this. I want us praying. I'm tired of coming in here on my knees praying and hearing Brandy and SWV weak in my knees downstairs from Swings Restaurant. With the restaurant louder than you and God has saved you. God has redeemed you. God has ransomed you. But you're like, God, you know, I just go to Epiphany to read the words, to take notes, to get a lecture and then go to brunch. You got to make some noise at some point. At some point, you got to think back to God. You got to think back to how trifling you was, how dysfunctional you was, how messed up you was and how without a savior, the spiritual wall between you and God would have never been broken down. You got to make some noise. I know we quiet, but can we practice right now? Can you make some noise for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Open your, y'all still quiet. You still quiet over there. Open your mouth and make noise. This is the God. This is the God that we serve that doesn't just break down Jericho's wall, but if you've trusted in Jesus, there was a wall of hostility between you and God the Father. And he's so powerful, he looked at the wall and said, even that I got to deal with. Goes to a cross. And when he gets to the cross, he divides the cross acts as the sledgehammer that broke down the wall of hostility between you and God. So how do, what, what wall are you facing right now? What, what wall is that, that that you have looked at and you see how impossible it is? It's 41 feet high. It's a hill. The army's big and I can't fight this and I don't have the resume and I don't have the connections. I'm not as eloquent. God can handle that wall. And I believe you made it to church today. Said so you can hear me yell at you and tell you that I know it's impossible. Praise God. Because if it was possible for you, God would get no glory. But the impossibility gives room for God to get the praise. Every head bow, every eye closed.
Who is it in this room that is tired of walking? Hold off on communion for a second. You're tired of walking. You've been complaining. You're looking at that situation and you know how musicians just move a little quicker. You're looking at that situation and you're realizing like that wall is big. And hear me, it is. You're looking at the cracks and going, I can't get through there. You can't. You're looking on up top and being and saying, I can't beat that army. You can't. But I'm so glad we jokingly said it's above me now. I'm so glad that the one that is above me doesn't just destroy walls. He created it. Doesn't just destroy armies. He created them. And in this moment, this is you have an opportunity to make sure God gets the glory. So now don't be selfish. It ain't just for you to see, but for those who did, who opposed you. For those who said no, for those who denied you, they too can be redeemed because of your perseverance. They too can see God's glory because you're walking.